Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Ben Hanawell, Director of People Analytics Research at the ADP Research Institute. They've just launched a report series called Today at Work, and its kickoff edition takes a look at the dynamics and impacts of promotions. There's a lot you may have never thought of about that, and it's part of a broader look at the connection between motivation, commitment, and productivity. We'll do a deep dive on this edition of People Tech. Ben, welcome. It's really great to meet you. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, if I was reading your some of the material that you folks are publishing today, and can you just give me the title again of of what it is, the documents? Sure. Uh, what we're what we're talking about today is the Today at Work report. It's a quarterly report that uh, that we. We have two editions so far from the past two quarters, and the next one's coming out in uh, September. I guess your listeners will will already be able to read it, but um, uh, you know when this this podcast is released. But uh, what this newest issue is called is the hidden truth about promotions. Um, but before I get to that, let's just talk a little bit about what the Today at Work report is. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So the motivation behind the Today at Work report is to is to harness insights from two rich data sources that are rich in different ways. And the first one is uh, a monthly survey, a monthly worker sentiment survey that our people and performance team uh, designed my colleagues, Dr. Mary Hayes, Francis Chumney, and, uh, and, uh, and, and Jared Northup uh, also analyzes the data that comes out of that survey. And what that survey uh, is, we, we, what we do is we interview over 2,500 workers every single month, asking them the same questions. Um, and, and we've done this uh, for almost a year now, collected uh, responses from a total of about 52,000 participants. And, and we ask them questions to try and gauge their engagement in the workplace, the degree to which they feel motivated to bring their best to work. We ask them questions to try and measure their resilience in the workplace, basically their, whether or not they feel prepared to meet the challenges of the workplace and think that their uh, managers and company leadership are ready to do so. And also um, their sense of connection with the workplace, whether they feel seen, heard, included in the workplace. And, uh, and this is based on you know, over a decade of, of research that, uh, that is based on, you know, I think, something like over almost 500,000 uh, responses from people in, in 29 countries. So it's informed by a, a, a long history of, uh, of research. So we have the, the, the survey data there. And then the other, the other source of rich data that the Today at Work report is based on is of course ADP's payroll and HR data, which represents you know, for any given month, about 25 million workers in the United States. And, and it actually, it stretches it gets bigger than that because when you think that that data is stretched across, say, you know, seven years, what we really are talking about is like two billion months of collective work by people in the United States, you know, at tens of thousands of employers. So these are two very rich data sets, and we want to bring them together to help business leaders, 
policymakers, uh, HR practitioners, and members of the workforce make informed decisions about the workplace, whether it's workforce management, if you're on the demand side of the labor market, or um, or or your place in the workplace, so your what you're going to do, where you're going to where you're going to work, if you're a member of the workforce on the demand on the supply side. One of the things that the, the report talked about was pr that promotions are a good thing. And, and when mm -hmm. I was reading that, I thought, well, yes, everyone, I think, would say that. But there's more to it than that. There's more to the idea of promotions than that. And could you talk about that? Sure. I mean, promotions are a good thing. And, and when we think about promotions, we have to think, who are they good for? Right. Um, it, you know, there are different parties involved. We've got the employer, right? And we have the, the, you know, the person who just awarded a promotion to someone. We have the person who just was awarded the promotion. And we also have the people that, uh, if we're talking about managerial promotion, we're talking about the people who report up to that person, right? So, you know, the promotions are a good thing, but good for whom and, and when and for what reason, right? Um, so what we do in this report is we, what we try to do is we try to uncover some of the trade-offs that employers experience when they promote somebody through the company's ranks. And when we do that, we try to keep in mind, you know, what's going on in the heads of the person, of the, of the, of the people who just received their first promotion. And I guess the best way to explain this is to tell you a story about myself. Um, and then we can get into the, into the, the data, right? So um, when, we were, when we were thinking about what to write in this, uh, in this report, uh, what, what to cover in this report. Um, I was talking with Neela Richardson, the head of, of uh, ADP Research Institute and ADP's chief economist. And we were talking about, um, about the, the other component of this report, the employment or the employee uh, motivation and commitment index. And we were talking about this, you know, what makes people feel motivated and committed uh, to their employer? Um, and, and part of it is, is uh, the idea that you'll be recognized for excellent work, right? And one way to recognize people for excellent work is to promote them through uh, the management ranks, right? Um, if if uh, an opportunity comes, comes up. But the thing is, uh, when I, my last job, before I came to ADP, uh, I had recently gotten a promotion. And I use that promotion as leverage in, in negotiations to get another job. And here I am, right? And so while a promotion is, is uh, it can be a signal to a worker that, that they can build a career at their current employer, it is also a signal that they might be at their most marketable at that moment and that they may have opportunities elsewhere. And that's what we were thinking about when we did this research in Today at Work, uh, The Hidden Truth of Promotions, is we were thinking about this trade-off from the employer's perspective. So, you know, so we measured the, the, the impact of promotion on the risk that somebody will leave the company. And, uh, and, and, and so if you'd like, we can, we can get into those findings. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more. Thanks. Well, I, I, I saw that more than a quarter of the people who received their first promotion mm -hmm. 
leave the company within a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, it, 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 at first, it seemed counterintuitive to me, though, what you just said makes it a little clearer. But could you expand on that? What, what did you guys decide is going on there? Yeah, so let's expand on that number, uh, that, that, that number there, you know, over a quarter of people who receive their first promotion, uh, you know, uh, uh, leave their employer within a month. What's really important here is, is, is thinking about the chances somebody leaves their employer, given that they got their first promotion, and then compare that to what we think their chance of leaving their employer would have been if they hadn't gotten that promotion. So let's talk about that. So within a month, what we found is that within a month, those who were promoted, among those who were promoted, 29% had left their employer. And we estimate that those same people, among those same people, if they had not been promoted instead, only about 18% would have left their employer within the first month. So their risk of leaving their employer is 1.6 times higher if they got the, since they got the promotion than it would have been if they didn't get the promotion instead. But how long does this effect linger, right? And, and does it maybe go away after, uh, after some time? And so let's, let's fast forward four months to the five-month mark, right? By that time, we see that those who received that first promotion, uh, about 63 per, 62% have left their employer within five months compared to about, uh, about 59% if they had not been promoted. That's only a 7% difference, right? And then let's fast forward one more month to the six-month mark. By that time, what we see is that the difference between the promoted and not promoted scenarios has kind of gone away. So if uh, among those who got promoted, we see that you know, by the six-month mark, 63% have, uh, have left their employer compared to if they had not been promoted, about 64%, a little bit higher actually now, would have left their employer. And then you know that uh, the trend actually reverses. So so um, past the six month mark, out to the the nine month time horizon, we see that those who had not been promoted uh, were a little bit more likely to uh, to leave their employer than the, than if they had been promoted. Right. So what does this mean? We take these two facts together: the fact that within the first six months, if you get your promotion, you're more likely to leave your employer. But in the next three months after that, you're actually slightly less likely to have left your employer. Well, taken together, what all of this means is that an employer loses only about 14 days of work per first promotion over a nine-month period. And when you think about this in the scheme of things, unless you're a very small company, right, or unless you, 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 you are promoting everybody at the company, which is impossible, uh, this isn't really that big of a, of a trade-off. It isn't big enough for us to say, oh, we got to stop promoting people, right? Promotions are still good. But what it means is that, is that employers should think about this increased risk that people have of leaving the company after they get their promotion. And they should think about it in the following ways. So first, why are people a little bit more likely to leave, or actually a lot of bit more likely to leave their employer after they get for their first promotion? Maybe it's because career development doesn't end when somebody gets their promotion. That's when it should begin. 
somebody's taking on more responsibility. So they need some support from their employer in doing so, right? And then um, on the other, so we need to provide some incentive and some support for workers once they get promoted. And that may, uh, that may mitigate the, this trade-off that we, that we found. I want to shift gears a little bit. Yeah, um, sure. You mentioned the employee motivation and commitment index. Mm -hmm. And I'm just finding that really fascinating for some reason. So what is, what is it about? What's its purpose and, and how does it get there? Sure. So th there were two goals with the uh, em employee motivation and commitment index. And, and, and what I should say from the outset is that uh, my colleague, Dr. Mary Hayes, did most of the work on this. And uh, she did such great work here, um, but but I'll speak to it as as much as I can. Um, so, one of the major motivations behind the uh, the EMC index is to measure workers' allegiance and loyalty to their employer because they feel like they'll be recognized for excellent work. They are confident in their company's uh, in their company's future. They trust their team leader and the company's leadership. They feel motivated to come and bring their best to work, you know, excited to work every day. And they feel like they're represented in the company's leadership, right? And, and also they feel like, uh, like people, their company promotes people based on the work they do, right? Rather than what they look like. And then when they share their opinion, they feel heard. We wanted to, to, to create one measure of all of these concepts. And so that was the, the driving motivation behind, uh, behind the EMC index. And the second motivation really is that we, we already had th these three other uh, measures, which I, I spoke of before, right? An engagement metric, you know, how, how motivated do you feel to bring your best at work? A resilience metric, how prepared do you feel you and your employer are to meet the cha meet challenges at work? And a connection uh, metric, which, you know, measures how connected, how seen and heard you feel uh, at, in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to combine all of those into one measure, right? That again, measures allegiance, uh, uh, employer's allegiance to their employer. And, uh, and so that's what we did. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that's what the, uh, the second part of the, of this edition of Today at Work focuses on. Looking through the index, the, the industry numbers were interesting. I mean, healthcare and education were two of the the lower scoring areas in terms sure. of motivation and commitment, and you know we're always talking about healthcare workers as heroes, teachers as heroes. So that that surprised me. What do you think is going on there? Well, remember, where what we're measuring here is is motivation and commitment to an employer, not to a profession, right? And so, you know, I imagine the teachers are very motivated and commitment and, and committed to to educate people. I imagine that healthcare providers uh, and social workers and all the other um, uh, professions that are captured by the healthcare industry, uh, that they're very motivated and committed to what they do. But the question is, you know, are they motivated and committed within the workplace based on what the conditions of, those work, of that workplace are and also how they're compensated for what they do? You know, the health, healthcare professions are very stressful. Um, you know, if you think about uh, uh, people who who work in uh, in in um, in nursing homes or or social workers, uh, mental health uh, 
mental health care workers. These people are extreme, experiencing large amounts of stress every day, and many of them uh, are, 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 are compensated at, at fairly low levels given that, that degree of stress. So that might be what's going on here. Um, same thing with education, right? I mean, a, a lot of educators, they work you know, extra hours outside of the classroom because they're so dedicated to, to educating people. And, uh, and, and uh, it, it may be sometimes hard for, especially educators in, who are working in, a, in a, an expensive city to be able to afford to live there, for example. So, so that might you know, make it harder for one to feel motivated and committed to a particular employer in the workplace, even if you are super motivated and committed to the profession that you've chosen. All right, so if I'm uh, an executive, uh, but I'm not a particularly numbers-driven executive, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a numbers guy, how can I get the most value out of the EMC? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think one of the main findings that came out of this study that anybody, including managers who aren't particularly data-driven, can take away is that people's motivation and commitment in the workplace is a state of being that can change based on workplace conditions, that can change based on um, you know, the, the attributes of somebody's manager or the type of work that they're doing. It's not a trait that you either have or don't have. You're not either motivated and committed and you're motivated and committed forevermore or you're not, right? EMC index is measuring a state, not a trait. And I think that if managers can take that home with them, they can realize that they have the capacity to increase the motivation and commitment that their workers have uh, to them in a way, in such a way that might improve retention um, and also uh, productivity. More generally, though, there, in the Today at Work report, there are a lot of qualitative insights that, that emerge. You know, we just talked about how it varies by industry, um, but we also look at how EMC index varies. Um, by how it's related to intent to leave, how it's related to productivity, um, how it varies by gender. And these qualitative insights, I, I think that, that managers, even managers who aren't you know, driven by numbers, I, I, would, like to, I would like to see them, uh, to, to see these managers, see how these qualitative insights jive with their personal experience and then, uh, and then use that to guide their strategies and tactics for workforce management. Ben, thank you so much. It was great to meet you. I appreciate your being here and I hope we'll talk again. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a good conversation and uh, I'll see you next time. My guest today has been Ben Hanawell. Director of People Analytics Research at the ADP Research Institute. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcast.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer.
The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out.